Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. All right, let's go. Unfortunately, I'm not Matt Pauly tonight. I'm Mike Claiborne filling in for Matt, who is taking some well-deserved time off. It's you and me for the next two hours as it's nine after the hour, six o'clock here in St. Louis on Sports Open Line, a true tradition in St. Louis. Uh, this is something I used to listen to as a kid, and now here I am full-grown and still being involved in it. And we're going to have a good time tonight because we have a super list of guests. But we have a few things to talk about tonight. Obviously, baseball playoffs start tomorrow. We have some very interesting matchups. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Cardinals a little later and how do you fix that. And we'll do it with Chip Carey. He's going to visit with us, Chip, the uh, TV voice of the Cardinals. So we'll have a chance to chat with him. Is everybody ready for tomorrow in Columbia? Some of you have already left for Columbia. Many of you should leave very early tomorrow for Columbia because Missouri is going to take on LSU. If you remember the last time LSU was in Columbia, they were the reigning national champions, and Missouri won that game. Things have changed a little bit, but hey, Missouri's 5-0, and and I know some will say, well, look at the record. Yeah, look at the record. What if they were 2-3? and three? We really have a problem, but they're 5-0, and and they're taking on LSU. They are the underdog that be at the Tigers, but it should be fun. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of atmosphere. It is sold out like many of the other games for the remainder of the year. So let's see what Missouri can throw out there. I can assure you of this. There are going to be a few plays that we have not seen this year that uh, I'm sure Eli Drinkwitz and their uh, coaching staff will put out of their hats, so to say. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, let's hope we have a good game, as we like to say, with the weather a little cooler. Oh, it's football weather. Well, I think it's a little cold for me. But in any event, it's going to be fun. So we'll visit with Howard Richards. He's a color analyst for the Missouri Tigers and a Missouri All-American as well. He will join us also in this hour. We'll talk some uh, football with him. This St. Louis City soccer thing is just fascinating to me. When you think about how they've come together in one year and uh, they win the division, they clinch a playoff berth, they're going to have home field advantage. And it's just it's just been so much fun because there's so many different people that are doing something. The goalkeeping has been outstanding. You notice when it's soccer, it's goalkeeping. When it's hockey, it's goaltending. So, you know, we have to make sure we have our have our terms put out the right way. So in any event, we're going to visit with Sir Soccer, the foremost expert 
on soccer in this community, if not the country, Bill McDermott's going to join us. And I always love talking soccer with Bill because Bill can take it to page three, four, five, or six, just like that. So we'll have a chance to visit with Sir Soccer. Now, our number two, you, you definitely want to stick around for this. Of course, we have to talk hockey. Blue season starts next week. Andy Strickland, who's been with Bally's for a while now, we're going to talk with him about what he's seen in the practices and in the, in the preseason games. I don't really know what to expect, to be honest with you, so I'm going to ask Andy what's going on on that front. So we'll talk with him in the next hour. You want some more baseball? How about some on the national front with Bob Nightingale of the USA Today? And the reason why I want to talk to him, a lot of talk about Trevor Bauer. You know, he was exonerated for one of the sexual harassment issues that was uh, in his way recently. And so the question is, would you sign him? We'll ask Bob what he's hearing about it. I talked to some people and you'd be surprised at what the reaction is going to be with regard to uh, whether Trevor Bauer is in play or not. High school football is in full swing. And who else better to talk about than Earl Austin Jr.? If he, the kid's got game, then Earl knows his name. We'll talk with Earl about what's going on in Illinois, also in Missouri. And then we'll cross the river in Missouri and go across the river, the Missouri River, into the St. Charles County and find out who's good and who we should start to pay attention to as we're starting to get closer to the playoffs. And, of course, the NBA training camp started this week, and that's always fun. And there's so many sub-stories that are taking place with regard to different teams, a lot of movement in the offseason. We're going to talk with Rob Fisher. He is the sideline and pregame show and postgame show host for the Memphis Grizzlies. He, Fish has been there for a while. He's one of us. He's a St. Louis guy, and he's doing a remarkable job. Plus, Fish has a way of being able to set the betting lines or really give you a little bit more of an explanation on who should do what and why. He's got all the numbers to prove it. So if you Mizzou fans, you might want to tune in to see what Fish has to say about what happens tomorrow just by what the tendencies have shown so far between LSU and Missouri. So if, if that's enough for you, it'll certainly be enough for me because we're covering all the bases tonight. We're glad you're with us on this Friday evening. It's a beautiful evening outside. Hopefully you'll be able to get out. Maybe it's a time to start the fire. I don't know, but uh, it's that time of the year because we have all our sports going. The only thing we don't have is Cardinal baseball, but we'll talk a lot about that because Chip Carey's coming up next here on Sports Open Line on a Friday night right here on KMOX. This. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Grimmar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Open Line on a Friday night, along with Mike Claiborne. No, I'm Mike Claiborne. I'm thinking I'm working with somebody else. But we're going to start the show off with one of my favorite people. He is the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, finishing up his first season as a Cardinal broadcaster. He's Chip Carey. So, first of all, Chip, welcome. Secondly, now the first season as a Cardinal broadcaster is in the books, and while it didn't have the outcome that we were hoping for, what did you have uh, in your thoughts about how things went for the season? Well, I'll leave that to the fans to decide. But for me personally, uh, I had a blast uh, working with you guys, uh, Ricky and John on the radio side, and spending so much time with Brad and Jim Evans and the Valley folks. Uh, from my standpoint, the season couldn't have gone any better. They're wonderful people. You guys are wonderful friends. And both my family and I are incredibly grateful for the welcome you guys gave us. As you said, we're hoping for better uh, luck uh, games played and wins and losses wise next year. But uh, that's not the new guy's fault. And certainly you've got a lot of time to talk about that and how the Cardinals need to improve. But it was a great year, a dream come true, and uh, quite frankly, can't wait to get started again. So as the season ended, what did you like about this team? And in the pecking order of how you get better, what would it be uh, in having a legitimate seat at the table next year? Not just saying, hey, we're above 500, we're in the playoffs. No, we're talking about getting in this thing and staying there for a while. Well, what do they say the first thing uh, when you when you have to get healed, right? You have to admit there's a problem, and you have to go un- about understanding what the problem is and then do all you can to fix it. I think the Cardinals understand quite clearly now that power pitching is what plays in the game, and for the number of years that that wasn't addressed in the system, that's kind of what led to where they are and were in 2023. Uh, I love the fact that Mo and the staff have said, we've got to be better, this can't happen again. Those are all encouraging things. Now, the hard part is, is do you have the financial resources to go out and get uh, dominant pitching? Uh, Do you have the trade chips to go out and do that? And do you have the stomach to go out and do things that, from an organizational standpoint, haven't been done by St. Louis and many other organizations, for that matter, in a long, long time? Uh, I think all of those things are encouraging in that we have seen that. Uh, discussed and everybody understands where the Cardinals were and that, that that shouldn't and will not happen again. So that's what I like the most. As far as players go, you've got cornerstones in place. You've got the two guys in the infield corners. Contreras played a heck of a lot better, I think, in the second half of the season. You've got Helsley back and healthy. That's a piece in the bullpen with Romero. Uh, you're going to have Donovan back. If Edmund plays center field uh, every day, I think your defense is going to be a lot better. So As bleak as the season was, in my humble opinion, Mike, it's not as bleak as I think it was made out to be. And I think if the Cardinals address the pitching and address it in a strong way, to your point, the Cardinals can get back and make a deep playoff run, not just hope to get in with 87 wins. Cardinal broadcaster Chip Carey is our guest on Sports Open Line. All right, now you were born in St. Louis. You grew up here. You know a lot about St. Louis, but you've been away for a while. So since you returned, what have you learned about St. Louis that you were not aware of other than we have a lot of good bread? (laughs) (laughs) well what's the old french saying plus ça change uh that means the more things change the more they stay the same uh you know that was i think what was most comforting to me was that all the places that i remembered as a kid in many instances are still there uh and have grown and evolved much like the city itself Uh, it's still a very provincial place you know the old uh st louis joke question hey what high school did you go to tells you everything you need to know about where somebody was from and where they grew up and how they grew up Uh, But the friendliness of the people, the love affair that they have for the Cardinals, the civic trust that the Cardinals is and the pride that they have 
in that franchise representing that fan base was amazing. Uh, seeing all the places that my dad and my granddad used to hang out, both as kids and adults uh, in St. Louis, going back and seeing where I grew up and seeing how much bigger and taller the trees ever could possibly have been when I was 10 or 11 years old was a lot of fun. And from a personal and family standpoint, the fact that my wife and my sons have, have all enjoyed coming back and really relished coming back again more frequently next year means that uh, St. Louis has always been home and in many ways never uh, stopped being home, even though I worked in other places. So uh, it's a familiar place. It's a friendly place. It's a wonderful place. And from a baseball standpoint, it truly is baseball heaven. Now, for anybody who doesn't know Chip Carey, he, he's more than just a Cardinal broadcaster. He truly cares about the game and its direction. So what do you think of the rule changes and its impact? And if you were going to tweak any of the rules, would you? And would you think about uh, implementing some other elements that might make the game better? I, well, I love the rule changes. I think we've trimmed the fat from the game. I mean, Ricky and I, Ricky Horton and I talked about this a lot. You and I talked about it, too. This is the way baseball was played in the 70s and 80s. Right. We've just trimmed 30 minutes of fat out of the game that served no purpose other than to make the game an awful slog. Um, I, you know, I, I love the fact that there's more uh, stolen base attempts. Uh, I love all of that. I think that more action is what the fans wanted. And I really respect the fact that baseball asked its paying customers, what kind of a game do you want to see? And they're trying to implement that. Uh, if I were commissioner for a day, I would uh, I would do a couple things. One, uh, I would have pitcher limits. I, I think we've got to re reemphasize the starting pitcher in our game again, somehow, some way. Whether that means limiting the number of bullpen arms you can have, or making the pitching staffs uh, shorter or smaller, uh, I think that's something that would go a long way. We've got to teach guys not just at the major league level, but the minor league level how to get through the lineup three times or at least during the game. I understand what the numbers say. I understand what the analytics say. But quite frankly, analytics make for bad entertainment. And we are in the entertainment business. Baseball is entertainment. And this uh, slog of relief pitchers and pulling guys out after 47 pitches like uh, Toronto did the other day in Minnesota just underscores the fact that uh, as great as the analytic and the spreadsheet might be, it's still base. It's still not baseball, and you got to let the competitors compete because that's what people are seeing and paying their hard money to see. So uh, I think that if I had to make one move, that would be it. I'd find a way to limit the number of pitchers that managers have and force pitchers to figure out how to get guys out instead of just throwing as hard as they can for as short as they can. All right, a couple of things for you. Uh, best on or off air moment you had this season, and also you were pleasantly surprised by what? Oh, boy. Pleasantly surprised by, uh, well, this year was my first opening day of uh, Cardinals baseball game in person my entire life. I'm 50, uh, how old am I? I'm 58. I'll be 59, I think, in February. Uh, and I grew up in West County. I never got to go to opening day in St. Louis. And my wife and son came up, and they were wondering, what was that like? And I had to tell them, well, I don't really know other than we're going to see Hall of Famers come out in convertibles and red jackets. And we're going to see horses and uh, a carriage and a Dalmatian with the Budweiser song. And you're going to see a lot of people standing and applauding. Well, we saw that and more. When people are crying, when the Clydesdales are going around, that really got me. Uh, that was really, really amazing. It truly is, to, to echo what I said before, part of the civic trust in the city-wide fabric that is Cardinals baseball. Seeing that and being a very, very, very small part of that for the first time in person uh, was, was just incredible. Um, something I'll never forget. And my wife was even blown away. And this is a, a, a beautiful lady who was a, a college cheerleader and uh, did that in front of 80,000 people on, on uh, college football Saturday. So our whole family was blown away by that in person. Uh, and as far as on the air moments, uh, there are too many of them that Brad and I had during the year. That I probably <laughs> do. 
But just just know that when you have a, a, a segment of the game when four or five pitches go by and neither one of us are talking, it's because we're doubled over crying and laughing. And that had that happened at least 40 times this year, which is great. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of baseball here. Uh, other than watching the Braves from the other side of the field, uh, what do you look at as far as these postseason is concerned? Because I think this Braves-Phillies matchup is going to be one for the books. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be off your bullpen. It's lights out, and the Braves yep. can the bat as well as anybody we've ever seen. So who do you like? Well, you know, I, it's hard to go against a team that offensively is right on par with the 27 Yankees, and that's what all the, the spreadsheets say, and that's what Atlanta has done this year. But as I think we've alluded to so many times over the course of the year, pitching is what gets you there. And if you had to compare the pitching staffs right now, the most important pitcher for the Atlanta Braves is the guy going for them in game one. That's Spencer Strider. Uh, he's a Cy Young candidate, has a franchise record in punch outs for Atlanta, but he did stumble against the Phillies in the playoffs last year. If he stumbles with the uncertainty of Max Fried and no Charlie Morton and a whole bunch of young guys pitching behind him for Atlanta, if Strider doesn't pitch well in game one, that's a big, big problem for the Braves, their offense notwithstanding. Uh, I, I think we would agree that the wild card teams have a much easier path going forward because they've been playing hard. They've been playing with all that adrenaline and Atlanta hasn't really played meaningful games for two and a half weeks and they've had four or five days off. So I'm not saying that the Braves are going to come out flat, but I think all the pressure is on Atlanta because of the phenomenal record that they had. And frankly, if they don't get to the World Series and win it, it was probably a disappointing year for them. You know, I think the same could be said for Tampa. They had a flat tire at the end because they yeah. got off with, like, with an incredible start, but the injuries caught up to them. The American League, does anybody really uh, excite you on that side of the fence? I love the fact that Baltimore's in. Yeah, we saw the Orioles late in the year. Brandon Hyde's done a great job. That's a young, exciting team. I mean, a club that uh, finished you know, with 100 losses seemingly every year for three or four years. Uh, they've slowly and passionately built their farm system up, and they haven't missed on their number one and their number two picks. Uh, losing the guy at the end, Batista is going to hurt them certainly. But you know, maybe they're a team of destiny. They want to. When Cal Ripken was there and they were in their glory years, the Orioles never had a 100-win season, which I didn't know. Uh, they had one this year. Maybe they're a team of destiny over there. Uh, Texas has done a great job. Obviously, Jordan Montgomery was a savior for them, but I don't trust their bullpen. Uh, the Astros have been terrible at home. Uh, so look, I, I think, uh, Baltimore's got as good a shot as anybody. I love young teams. I love surprise stories, Cinderella stories. And for that long suffering franchise, uh, maybe 2023 is the year for the Orioles. Chip Carey, man, it's always great to visit with you. You know, I love you, brother. It's been fun working with you this year. Can't wait to see you in the very near future. And I'll let you get back to your chores around your home for the rest of the off season. Yeah, there are just a few of them, and uh, I've gotten about uh, one-third of the honeydew list done. But the biggest part of the honeydew list is get the hell out of the house. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Don't you have a game somewhere to go to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when's, when's baseball start again? You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the, when is the winter warm-up? Something's got to be coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> it's right around the corner, and she's smiling <laughs> or scowling at me right now as we spit. <laughs> Tim Carey, as always, thank you, sir. We'll okay, be in buddy, touch. You. Enjoy your time off, sir. All right, kid. We'll see you soon. All right. He's Chip Carey. I'm Mike Claiborne. Stand by, folks. We have more coming your way. Missouri, they have a big game coming up tomorrow, and we're going to talk with Howard Richards about that. So stand by. We have more coming your way on The Voice of the Cardinals and St. Louis University, KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Open Line on a Friday night here in St. Louis. I'm Mike Claiborne filling in for Matt Pauley, who did a phenomenal job on the baseball season. So Matt's had a night off. And so we're filling in and we have fun going on this evening because we're going to talk some football with one of my favorite people. In case you haven't heard, Missouri's got a big game coming up tomorrow, and it's against LSU. And with us is a fine color analyst and former Mizzou All-American and Dallas Cowboy. He is Howard Richardson. Howard, as you and I were talking earlier today, this is the biggest game of the year for Missouri since the last home game Missouri had against Kansas State. It seems that each week they all grow more and more important. And I think as a program, isn't that what you want? You want every game to not just have meaning, but you you want big games. You want to play in front of big crowds, and Missouri has set itself has set itself up uh, to be in that situation. And I think it's great, great for this football team, great for university, but great for the fans of Missouri football and college football. Well, you're right. You're spot on because this is what college football has been looking for. Uh, teams that are starting to emerge that used to be good, uh, not great, but certainly uh, warrant fan support. We look at what's going on in Colorado and you look at some other places around the country but the difference between this one is this is a league game. This is LSU. The last time LSU was in Columbia, they were the reigning national champions. A lot of things have changed since then, including a coaching staff, but they're still LSU, which is why they're the favorite coming into, which is going to pr probably be the most hostile crowd LSU has seen so far this year. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, before, before Missouri's last two, probably last three games, um, everyone would have probably chosen this game as as a blowout game for for LSU, at least on paper. Now that uh, the Missouri's offense has really picked it up and has become more explosive uh, in those past three weeks, um, and LSU, I mean, they had a whale of a game last weekend against Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know what this offense has left in the tank with all the yards that they gained, but it's still going to be uh, a very potent offensive attack from LSU. I mean, Jay Daniels and, and Brady Cook, their numbers are almost identical. Luther Burden and Malik Neighbors are only separated by three catches and 11 yards. You know, two of the best receivers uh, in certainly in the SEC, if not the best in, in all of college football, uh, and then right behind Malik Neighbors, uh, they've got another receiver, Brian Thomas Jr., who, who's caught 33 balls for 537 yards, and he's got eight touchdowns. So, listen, it, it is – Missouri's got to come prepared to play some strong defense um, on Saturday. They've got to get pressure on Daniels. They've got to figure out a way to contain him and keep him in the pocket. Uh, if they do that, this game has a chance to be really competitive from start to finish. I think I've maybe changed the lights on the scoreboard because the the, the scoreboard <laughs> might be lit up. I, I think we're looking at an over-under of, of 80-plus points being scored. I, I don't see this being a, a last-second 13-7 field goal attempt. I, I think we're going to see some points put on the board. And I think who's ever the deepest team, because you're going to be running guys in and out, especially on defense, uh, that, that's going to be a key advantage, along with the obvious not committing the penalties, the bad penalties especially. Yeah, no doubt. For Missouri, uh, I think the key is you you may want to try to be balanced. Obviously, you want to be able to explode the ball down the field when you can. But if you can establish a strong running game, early on, staying ahead of the chains, first and second downs, thereby getting those drives that don't aren't stalled by penalties and things of that nature. 
the more you keep the ball out of the hands of LSU and Jaden Daniels, I think that just increases your chances of winning this game by that much more. Howard Richards is a color analyst for University of Missouri on their radio network. He's with us on KMOX on a Friday night. Uh, when you look at these two teams, there are a lot of similarities, but what do you think is going to be the one X factor? Could special teams come into play even more? We know that Missouri has a bona fide kicker. Uh, LSU has some dynamite return people. So could the special teams come into play even more? Yeah, I'd say special teams is probably uh, the key here. Um, I, it, neither team has turned the ball over much. I mean, Brady Cook, we know, has not thrown any interceptions uh, thus far. And Jay Daniels has only thrown two. Um, so neither quarterback is prone to making uh, those types of mistakes through the air. So it comes down to ball security, but also I think special teams, man, we haven't seen Luther Burden run one back since uh, uh, the opener in the 2022 season. Well, it would be how electric would it be to see him take one to the house? Um, but I think it's, you know, it, it, it can come down to that. It come down to a, a long field goal. We've seen Harrison Mavis uh, and his theatrics early this year with a 61-yarder walk-off field goal. Um, he also attempted a, uh, which was to me, a, a successful onside kick in the Dome uh, against Memphis. Of course, it was called back because uh, someone was offside, but it was certainly well executed. So it, special teams for Missouri was a point of emphasis this year. They had a few issues with snaps uh, and, and Mavis missed a couple of close kicks, kicks, but I think that he is back in sync right now. And um, I mean, that's, that's a good thing to know that you've got a guy that uh, you can depend on when the game's on the line. Hey, you, you and I love watching line play. And I have to think there's going to be a matchup or two that we need to even pay closer attention to because those both guys up front, both teams have some pretty good players up front. So who should I circle to pay even closer attention to on Saturday? Well, I'd say uh, the guys on the outside for um, for LSU, Savion Jones is one, and also um, Ovi Ogufo. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And then, of course, there is uh, a guy that started his career at the University of Missouri and transferred to LSU, and that's Makai Wingo from DeSmet. Um, you know, I, I think Makai's going to be jacked to play in this game, and um, it'll be a handful to me for the Missouri offense. It'll be, you know, Cameron Johnson will draw that assignment first. But between uh, Connor Tolleson and Xavier Delgado and Cameron Johnson, and if he should shift to the outside, you know, that's a guy you also want to keep your eyes on for LSU on the defensive side. I mean, we've already talked about the offense, um, but this team offensively, LSU, uh, they're kind of scary because they have, they can attack you from so many different areas. They've always had good running backs. You know, uh, when you least expect it, one of those guys can go the distance. So uh, Missouri has just got to be very well disciplined uh, defensively got to figure out a way to to get uh, more pass rush on Jaden Daniels. And again, when he decides to run it and that pressure is too great, you got to keep him contained in the pocket. So you, in other words, you don't necessarily want to be in a hurry to get there. You want to surround him and force him to retreat so that he doesn't have a lane or an escape route to either side, left or right. Hey, um, we're going to have a sold out house. And the way it looks on the schedule, we're going to have a few more of those before the season is over. What's that like for you? Um, you've been in that situation as a player. 
Well, what goes through your mind knowing that this joint is going to be sold out? They're all rooting for you with the exception of some LSU fans that will sit in the corner. And they'll be well represented, by the way. LSU travels extremely well. But what are some of the final things you try and think about before you hit the field? Well, you know the atmosphere is going to be electric. And I've always said this, and I'm a firm believer in it. You know, A full house is worth one or two victories a year for you know, the home team. And if – if the last home game for Missouri was any indication, um, I mean, the last home game in Fro, uh, the Dome game was also a home game. The Kansas State game was very loud. Uh, the, the fans were into it. There was a lot to, you know, to be excited about. And if they can pull that same sort of energy, um, then it's only going to work um, in the home team's favor. Uh, I always, you don't necessarily notice the crowd from, uh, you know, throughout the game as it goes along until you start making big plays. But, you know, that initial time when you hit the field and those fans are yelling and the house is full, you don't see any empty seats, there is no better feeling that, you know, all these eyes are there to watch you and your team play. And you want to perform at your best for them. I mean, we all know what's at stake in this game. Uh, so the last thing you want to do is is be unprepared and disappoint the fans on Saturday. You know, you and I missed a glorious era of football. Because when we were playing at various levels, we only had one uniform, one set of uniforms, a home uniform and a row uniform. We didn't have multiple <laughs> helmets and multiple jerseys. I wonder what Mizzou's going to look like tomorrow when it comes to uniforms. I, I, so do I. You know, a part of me would love to see a black jersey and gold pants. Now, we know it won't be old gold pants, but it'll be gold. So anything that resembles you know, the, the glory days of Mizzou football um, it would be fun for me. We haven't seen that uniform combination yet. Uh, Saturday would be, um, to me, it would be reminiscent uh, uh, of of the good times of, of playing Mizzou football. We haven't even seen a black helmet. They've worn a gold helmet or a white helmet every game this season. Um, so I'm kind of anxious to see a, a black helmet, maybe a block M, uh, black you. jersey, gold pants. Well, you know what? I know one guy's going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. I know, too, you and Mike Kelly are going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. As always, man, it's great to have you on KMOX. Uh, the best of you, best of luck to you, Mike Kelly, and the Missouri Tiger program. It's going to be a fun day in Columbia, Missouri. Well, Mike, always a pleasure to be on with you, man. So thank you very much. He's Howard Richards. I'm Mike Claiborne. This is Sports Open Line on a Friday night in St. Louis. We'll be back with more after we take this time out. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Here we go, folks. Welcome back. We are here at Sports Open Line on a Friday night. And you know what? We talked about so many things this evening and a few other things to talk about. But what a night it would not be. It would be not complete if I didn't have a chance to talk to one of my favorite people, Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott. Sir Soccer, first of all, uh, thanks for joining me. It's been a while since we've crossed paths, but you had to be tickled pink by what you're seeing with regard to this soccer situation in St. Louis. Oh, Mike, yeah, extremely so. Uh, not just for the city of St. Louis, uh, but for what this team has done for the overall league, by the way everything is structured in downtown St. Louis. And by that I mean, Mike, it's, it's really unprecedented in the history of Major League Soccer, which – Let's admit it, it's still fairly young. It just started in 1996. But everything is in one location. The stadium, 
where really you can play a World Cup game right now. Uh, the two practice venues, which are grass fields, then uh, a turf field, likewise for all the academy teams, the locker rooms, the team meeting rooms, the offices, uh, the club store, if you will, where you can buy all the merchandise that you need. But this is unprecedented in the history of Major League Soccer. And this was one of the things that Major League Soccer had said was going to be mandatory later in their pursuit of expansion teams. And that is that everything had to be located in a downtown location. They had made a couple mistakes with teams that were expansion teams and built, built new venues, but way, way far away from any downtown location. So what St. Louis is doing is getting A pluses all the way around for not just St. Louis, but for what the sport, what uh, St. Louis city is doing for major league soccer. So is it safe to say that for St. The success of St. Louis city, uh, falls into the category you can't make this stuff up department or did the extra time in putting the organization truly together due to COVID actually pay off? That had a, a great deal to do with it, Mike. Uh, and that's a very astute observation because a lot of people lose sight of that. Remember the fact only that this team was supposed to start in March of 2022, but was granted an extra year by the commissioner, Don Garber, because he told everyone with City that, Everyone who's going to be an expansion team needs the ample time, plenty of time for their inaugural year. So what that did for City is that their MLS next team played together for as a solid unit for almost an entire year. As a matter of fact, they did for an entire year. And a goodly number of the players who are on the first team now got a chance to join about mid-season, so June or July. So they were really equipped going into this current season as being together as a solid unit. And the solid unit, none of the players were called up to play for the MLS team simply because it didn't exist yet. So this does indeed have a great deal to do with it, Mike. But along, along with the other stuff you mentioned, uh, you can't make this up. You really can't. Here's an expansion. An expansion team has not won in Major League Soccer since 1998 when the Chicago Fire did it. And they did it primarily, primarily on the back of one player, Peter Novak. This team, everybody contributes. And in particular, a goodly number of those players who did the majority of their playing with the MLS next team. You never told me that the MLS season is equivalent to a presidential campaign. How about it? it started, it seemed like two years ago, and we're just now winding down. And uh, it just seems like this season goes on and on. But with that said, they've been able to insert some caveats to create even more interest internally within the league yes. uh, in developing young players where some of the players on City 2 have a chance to have a role in some things. I, I think it's an ingenious way to do it. It's long, uh, but it's something that maybe we'll see some other teams start to adapt. And I think we're going to see it this year with the NBA with their little play-in tournament in the middle of the season. I think so, Mike. Uh to be exact, the first game was Saturday, February 25th. Now, if you would go all the way to MLS Cup, if indeed that would happen, that's the final game, December 9th. That is a long, long season. Uh, but as your other point, players like Aziel Jackson, Akil Watts, Celio Pompeo, 
all of whom played for MLS Next, getting into the first 11 for City in MLS games on a regular basis. And you see a player in particular like AZ Jackson, who has taken to this role of getting into the first 11 and looking like a seasoned performer because he does things differently. And by that, I mean, Mike, he runs at defenders, which is very unusual for any more anybody else in the league, but especially for a young player to have that confidence in his abilities. And it's really, it's really proving dividends for City because you can use a player like him who isn't as experienced as some others, but you don't lose anything in the process when you put him in the first 11. Tell you one of the things I've noticed about City, and I'm sure you have too, is they score and they score oh, in bunches. Yes. And if you're an expansion team and fans can come out and think, well, they may throw four or five in this weekend or this tonight, uh, it says a lot. So, with that being said, and they've been consistent with that. When you get to the postseason, obviously everybody stresses defense. Mm-hmm. How will they be able to adjust? And are they deep enough where they don't have to count on one person? or one set of forwards yes. uh, to be able to score and, and, and remain relevant. Yeah, I think they're uh, uh, clearly deep enough, Mike, with uh, Samuel Adinaran and Jao Klaus, and especially, and in particular, now that Jao Klaus is back in the lineup ever since he's returned in September. Remember, he was gone for four months. That's an eternity <laughs> for a soccer player to miss right during the middle of the season but he picked right back up, not in the first or second game. And he readily admitted himself that he wasn't happy with his play returning in that first or second game. But once he's come back, he has been a stalwart. He's great with his back to goal. He makes runs without the ball, the age old adage in soccer, who's the most important person. It's the person without the ball. And Klaus does that on a regular basis. Uh, He won't hide in a physical game. He's superlative in the air, but a player like those two, Klaus and Samuel Idinarin. Samuel Idinarin is a giant of a man with a great left foot, uh, can strike from distance, is good inside the penalty area as well. And then a player like Joaquini, who comes on and picked up a lot of the slack when during those four months he was inserted into the first 11. So they have a diverse attacking force, uh, and they're very solid at midfield. As long as, as long as Edward Leuven is on the field, clearly one of the best players in the league this year, certainly one of the best number 10s. All right, final questions for yes, Bill McDermott, Sir Soccer, as we love to call him. Um, a lot of time between the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, how do they stay sharp? And what's next for you? Because your program after the games is, is riveting. Uh, you, you break it down as well as anyone. So what's, how's everything going to work out on that end? And also, how are they going to remain sharp leading into postseason? Well, they'll continue training, obviously, Mike, and they'll try to get games uh, with someone else during that flow. Were they going to go over to Fairgrounds Park and play or something? No, I think at Sherman Park, as a matter of fact, (laughs) on the upper level, when the ball goes behind the goal and rolls down Coke Brilliant, it just goes out on the Kings Highway. But they'll they'll play against some other teams, and that's a big break. You're right, Mike. It's a... They played last Wednesday in Vancouver. Their next game, their last game, everyone's last game is on Saturday, October 21st. It's being deemed decision day. And by then, well, almost you already know almost all the playoff teams, but it's still not, it's still not definitely finalized for the first eight in each conference because the eight plays nine to get into that first eight. 
but they'll stay sharp and believe me, they'll be ready to go for the, they continue. They continue to check off boxes. And at the top of the list is everybody in the world, everybody in the soccer world said as an expansion team, we're not going to be able to do a thing. Well, they have throughout the entire season, the entire season, Mike, and as you pointed out, they're always one, two, three with reference to goals being scored between them, Atlanta, and Columbus. So at home games, not only do they win, but they entertain in the process as well. Going to be a whole lot of fun coming yes, the end of October. Sir yes, Soccer, sir. Bill McDermott, as always, we thank you for your time. Best of luck, man, and enjoy this run. Thank you, Mike, very much. All right, we'll take a break and come back with more after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 